Hey everyone, this is Cody Turner. In this episode of the podcast, I speak with my friends RJ Silverio and Jacob Coverdale. RJ and Jacob are both students in the logic class that I am a teaching assistant for this semester at UConn. But in this episode, we don't talk about logic. Just to give you a sampling of some of the topics that are on the menu here, we discuss conspiracy theories, the existence of aliens, the conspiracy theory that aliens built the pyramids, we speculate about the nature of space and time, the beginning of the universe, whether there's an in-principle limit to human cognition, and then obviously we discuss the notion of transcendental consciousness, the nature of dreams, the nature of memory, deja vu. It's a deep dive down the rabbit hole of everything trippy, kids. So buckle those seatbelts. Here we go. Welcome to Tent Talks on the Shelter from the Storm podcast network. A place to talk the rain away with your host, Cody Turner. There's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne. You ready? All right, well, hold on. Let me, let me, before we start <laughs> screaming at each other, yeah. let me just set this up. All right, so we've talked a lot about conspiracy theories. And again, just to set up the spectrum here for the listeners, on one end of the spectrum, there's the person who doesn't believe any conspiracy theories, believes everything that Big Brother tells them, everything the mainstream media tells them, they just accept it as fact, right? Then on the other end of the spectrum, there's the extreme conspiracy theorist who doesn't believe anything that the government says and thinks that everything is a conspiracy theory to an extremely irrational degree, Yeah. right? So we talked about, about a lot of different conspiracy theories and where we lie on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I'm more towards the... Everything is chaos. There's not 10 people who constitute the Illuminati in a room dictating the world end of the spectrum, wherever that is. Right. But the pyramid conspiracy theory. So what's the idea? Some people think that aliens built the pyramids? Basically, the idea is that aliens visited Egypt way back when and they helped build the pyramids. Yes. And there are, like, there are very, like, not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, the, the... Hieroglyphs, is that what they're called? What are the... the? That sounds right. Is it hieroglyphs? It's, 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 yeah, it's hieroglyphs. Yeah. They're very... Hieroglyphics? Hieroglyphics. That's, I, think I think that's, that's what, what I'm looking for. I mean, they're like very vague hieroglyphics that like suggest some kind of extraterrestrial being existing or being around at least. Like there are ones they can't... There are some they really can't explain that would like... That in the pyramids? Think, yeah, or like that have been in Egyptian anything, really. Okay. So I guess... So the theory is that the pyramids were... They were aliens assisted in building them because they are massive. They're unbelievably sound and well built for some for something of that time with the lack of technology they had. Right, now, but didn't they just they, have a bunch of slaves that did it for them? The, the, but they get the, a lot done. Right, the non the non <laughs> alien slavery, the theory way, is that, and I've and they're in, in in like legit textbooks too because I remember learning about this in high school, where they would like the slaves would roll would like they'd have a crap load of slaves strapped to the front and they'd pull it up and they'd have these logs that the blocks would roll on right. or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So, like, they were able to kind of explain the engineering behind it for their time, but explain I remember... The truth, but okay. The truth. Dude, come on. Okay, so I'm... Explain... Okay. Yeah, In my, we don't have to get hostile before, about it, Before I... Before, just for context. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's sounded, get fucking hostile. <laughs> I know. Fucking it sounded a little... It sounded a little annoyed Punch some sense into him. <laughs> um, hold a gun to his head. If you don't, if you don't believe this... Because, like, I mean, are you you believe, well, I know you believe aliens exist and that they visit okay, so, this planet, well, right? let me, so Wait, me, you believe... Me, okay, hold on. Let yeah, me start I want to get into that. Let me but start let's off just... where, where I'm on the spectrum of right, what you were yeah, talking we about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, okay. Yeah. One being the... You believe everything Big Brother says. Ten right. being nothing. way past Alex Jones' conspiracy theory-minded. Right. Nothing is real. Yeah. What number are you? I'm straight down the middle. I'm five. I, I, there Perfectly are s- reasonable. There's several There's several conspiracies that I'm more than... Uh, willing enough to go out and reach to and accept and believe and, and even support and then there's just extreme ones and I'm like what the fuck are y'all talking about <laughs> and I'm straight down the middle because I do believe aliens exist I do believe in the Illuminati I think there's definitely high but I powers. feel like if you believe in there's the Illuminati that's not they're gonna be a six, we're talking 6-7 range Okay, I was fine. Well, I was, six, seven, I was gonna say, that's I, fine. Fuck it. I was gonna say I'm. I think I put myself at a seven. Okay, but like everybody I'm, likes to think they're a five. All like, no matter who you are, anybody a one or a ten still likes to think 
there are five. Right. You know what I mean? So Only. it can be tough. But I don't know if five is the most reasonable. Maybe it is more reasonable to be a little that's, conspiracy minded. That's also true. That is yeah. true. That's true. Okay, I'll lean six point five then. Five. Okay, worry. because um, that that means you're questioning things. I think it, more. I think that's you're not just receiving accepted truths. The most important, important part about conspiracy theorists is that they're questioning the authority. Right. If right. you don't have a questionable mindset, yes, you're going to believe stuff that really is just not. And you'll be unable to know whether you're in an Orwellian dystopia. Exactly. Right. And being open-minded to new possibilities. Understood. Um, so in relation, so now you know where I am on the spectrum in relation to, to your conspiracy about the pyramids. Um, it wasn't like they had said that it was only like 10 people that designed it, created it, and no, built it. No, it was thousands and thousands. Tens of thousands, thousands yeah. of slaves. Yeah. Like they had a lot hundreds of, of right. thousands that worked in total. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, these blocks were big. The materials were heavy, but they, they used like they used a simple system of how to lift it up to how there there are ways that we use that we were able to lift boxes in ways that can um, use the the mass of I don't know there's something yeah, super it has to do with it has to do it, with like pulleys and exactly all and there's and physics that. behind that so that yeah. support it right yeah. but there are there were more than enough people and more than enough manpower to to lift those blocks to create it to design it they were ahead of their time by all means yeah Egyptians but were for that i thoroughly do not believe that aliens came down and was like all right here's the pyramids all right bye yo here's some triangles for you guys <laughs> I, I bet here's some triangles <laughs> Man, there you go it's like what I don't know. Well, what's I, the reason? Why I just you... yeah. I just think that there's more than enough reasonable information to prove that it was designed by humans, created by humans, and built by other humans, and that was it. There were no external influences, extraterrestrial beyond this planet type shit. You know what I mean? I think it was more than reasonable enough um, a thing to obtain to right. do to create. And and that's totally legit because, like you said, there were the the. Like amount of slaves to do it with, you know what I mean. So I don't know many. if they have. I don't know if so they have. Many. Well, do they actually have accountability for that though? Do they have the remains of all those slaves? Do they actually have proof that there were that many slaves? Oh yeah, here you go. Here's a hundred thousand no, no, slaves. Everything's bones. about proof, right? If there's no proof, you can't you can't just say it's true because what's the whole I thing? Know, but here, what's our whole thing? Is your philosophy? Isn't that um, a, uh, appeal to ignorance? Yeah, right. That's, just because it's not true doesn't mean it's false. Like appeal to ignorance, right? If there's no proof, they're just proving <laughs> an exact exam. Yes. <laughs> I'm not very good. Very good. I've taught you well. <laughs> no, but this is where this is where I feel like you're getting on the slippery slope of conspiracy thinking, where mm-hmm. you know you begin to question one thing, then you say, "Well, why couldn't this be a conspiracy?" If that's a conspiracy, then suddenly, very quickly, everything's a conspiracy. Right. So you, it's a do you also steep think, rabbit hole. Do you also think that there were no aliens in the in the involved involved in the building? What about you, Cody? No, what I'm side on are you going to. You're on this side. <laughs> um, well. First of all, I know nothing about the history of the construction hey, I know, of the I said, pyramids. I know very little. I just so, remember what I remember. Speaking with no knowledge on the subject whatsoever, <laughs> I'm going to confidently say that aliens did not help build the pyramids. Okay. I Would you say I mean, aliens? That seems a little What about fast. aliens in- inspired it, even? Like, why? They, do you know why they built? Do we know why they built the pyramids? Does anybody? Like, has there been an explanation? I don't, I, look it up that's, I don't that's, know. That's I don't think I've ever heard the reason why. Because once again, what is the purpose? They're not, their, they're not to sundials. bury their dead or something like that. I don't know. I forget. Are they crypts? Is it? I have vague facts coming to consciousness from an architecture class that what I took in college. Is the purpose <laughs> of the pyramids. But I want to know why you guys think aliens have not only that they exist, but you're saying that they've okay. already visited. They said, okay, That's wait, pyramids mean? were built for religious purposes, so for burying their dead and, and oh, really? All that stuff. It says. Believe that they were one of the first civilizations to believe in afterlife. Mm. Okay. Yeah. The second self. They believed in the second self. They were all about the afterlife. Lived within every human being. So they like a soul. I think is what they. When okay. they yeah, an eternal idea. resting place. That's yeah, that thing. kind of thing. I I definitely. But like, think... why so big? Those are fucking massive. Like they're huge. The pyramids, like absurdly big. Like you really need that big of a pyra- like a, they, a crypt. They had to make a statement, I guess. <laughs> like I don't know if that's a, a good enough explanation for me to believe. Yeah, to leave them, do it for leave their else. mark on the world, I guess. Um, but no. So what you were saying, Cody? I definitely think that aliens exist. I definitely think they visited. But yeah. I, the idea as to why, or at least to the idea of that aliens exist, is that, and this goes to even now this can lead to even bigger discussion of the idea of space space mm. is way too big way too unfathomable to really understand how big it is for anybody to really just say there's nothing else but us out there right oh, and absolutely. that's just and i just think it's i, I think it's it's just it's just impossible to be as large as it is as forever expanding 
for us to be the only living life forms on it, it, within space. Yeah, I feel like it's a pretentious line of thinking, and it, it's an extension of thinking that the Earth was the center of the universe. Right. We thought that right. once, then we realized, oh no, we're just a ball among other balls that are circling the sun. And similarly, now we're thinking, oh, well, we're the only ones here. Like, we're special. Yeah. yeah no. I just don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, like, there's, there's still some, like, legitimate proof of that aliens could have visited. Like, Area 51, what are you hiding? Right, UFO That sightings. is a real place. This That's is a, real a fake place. place I'm making up, right, that the government does not let civilians into without, without government clearance. So they're hiding something down there. And we're all just okay do, with it. We're right, like, and first of all, we're all okay with it. But second of all, none of us are allowed to go down there unless we're deemed... Special clearance. Right. If we cross through, we get shot up. Yeah, if you, if you go far enough, true. they kill you. Like, no, like, like read you your rights, you're yeah. arrested. They shoot you. So, so and, and now this can go to the idea of, of trusting what the government tells us. They give us reason to question it by all that they hide, that all that they try to put up facades and whatever. There's enough right. proof to prove that. So, why, you know, it's obviously reputation. If the government did, did a good job of hiding stuff or, or just never hid stuff at all, we wouldn't question anything when in reality they could be hiding everything. But they do enough to keep stuff secret where now we question a lot of what the government does. And sometimes, I will say that sometimes the government keeping things secret from the public might be justified, right? Because there might be True. some potential for forbidden truths that if disseminated to the public would cause a bunch of negative Mayhem. outcomes. Yeah. Right? I don't have anything the, in particular like, mind. I'm but, thinking like if lightsabers were a real thing. They couldn't sell them to the public because of how like powerful they would be. You know what I mean? That's totally like a nerdy one. Or, like, <laughs> or more a more realistic example, like just some very destructive technology that anybody could make in their basement very quickly. Right. Right. The scientists invented that, discovered that. Maybe that's not something that should be going on Amazon the next day. Right. But also, what justifies them to be the ones that make those rules? Who? Why do they get to be the ones who decide that stuff? Because they, they have the knowledge. Because knowledge is power. Shouldn't perspective be power? In turn, that sometimes, you know what I mean? Having the, the ability to, to reach outside yourself, that whole philosophers should be the kings thing that Plato, you know, believed in. True. But I also, I, I also think, like, power, back to the alien thing real quick, I just want to ask you guys this. Yeah, Do you think yeah. we are the only time, like, this is the only generation of people, like, the last maybe 100 years that have been visited by aliens? Like, is it absurd to think the pyramids were built by aliens because you don't think the aliens would even visit that time? Because I no, think they've been visiting since the beginning of... Whenever they could do it, which I'm sure wasn't recently. Human, in terms of like the the existence of the universe, humans have only been around for like a very minuscule time. Right. Oh, it's so like a second. It's on like the a cosmic th- calendar. Or something yeah, like something like that. So like, if there are extraterrestrial beings with way higher intelligence than us, what they may they probably live longer than we do. But even if they don't, they definitely have been here multiple times. Yes, well, first, I agree. I so agree. like, I think, it I think wouldn't be absurd to think that they visited back. Bef- way before we had any kind of technology, I think was, they, I think they know, did. Advanced. I think, I think that they've been regularly visiting or visiting other planets. Or they, there's right. definitely other civilizations that are more technology advanced, technologically advanced than us, faster than we were able to get to it, or they were just around before humans right. came they, around. Right. So I definitely think so. I that, but that's not the reason why I think that the pyramids weren't were built by humans and not aliens. I don't, I, I don't, we're not saying that they weren't around back then. Right. I do think they were. Then why that doesn't mean they built the pyramids, though. Exactly. No, it I doesn't, don't think they did. That, exactly, right. Why, but that doesn't mean they also did not not build the pyramids. Well, now we're getting to, okay, so right. because it's God doesn't exist, I mean, there's no God. Yes, that's the Again, point I'm slippery, saying, though. Slippery slope of what? That you can't just make all these conclusions based on stuff we don't know. So you're right? really a 10 on the spectrum, then. In this case, I'm just saying you shouldn't be surprised by these. Like, I, Sure, I but I would say in that case, it's more overwhelmingly likely that they didn't. Even if we can't definitively prove that yeah, they didn't, it's, it's more overwhelmingly likely that they didn't. But wait, I'm I, just trying to present the other side, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Understandable. I, and I want to quickly bring in the Fermi paradox, which we talked about, right? So there is this... I'm probably going to butcher it and trying to articulate it, but there is this idea that um, derives from Enrico Fermi, and I think that's his name. But it's an idea which states that there don't, there doesn't exist extra, extraterrestrial life, right? Remember, we, we were reading about it, and the main idea is that, look, oh, yeah, the yeah. universe is so vast, and it's existed for long enough, and there are enough Earth-like planets out there because of the vastness of it, that there has been ample time, and there is ample space for an, a super-intelligent extraterrestrial life to have evolved since the origin of the universe, right an extraterrestrial life that would be capable of interstellar space travel right so that suggests that 
if aliens did exist, they would have already visited us, but they haven't visited us, therefore they don't exist. Something to that effect, right? And there are different responses to it. One is the response that we've been contemplating and talking about. They've already visited us, and maybe there's proof of that. Or maybe they've visited us, but they've kept themselves invisible to us. Right. Right. Or maybe they haven't visited us, but they have knowledge of us, and there's some intergalactic city out there, and they, we haven't been inducted into it yet. So maybe they know of us, we don't know of them, or maybe they're just in some distant corner of the universe. Right. They don't know about us, and we don't know about them. It's right, just it's so, so fucking far. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and back to the idea of the government hiding it from us, I think the idea of Area 51, UFO sightings, is, is that all just a ploy to put somebody's imagination to reality? You know? What the idea of of of, it, of us of the of them visiting us meaning? So what is, what is oh, the like history behind oh, so you before? like su- suggesting that like aliens haven't visited, but they do that to keep us questioning? Is that what you mean? Could that, be all be that's a double bluff. I mean, yeah. What right? is, you never know. What's the mainstream narrative about Area Fifty One? Why it that, exists? That, that there's just this this area is in Arizona. Yeah, it's Arizona, Utah, somewhere out Midwest. Like Midwest, middle of the desert. Um, vast piece of land. It's all underground. There's nothing above ground. Um, all fenced in. All fenced in. If you go on Google Maps, it's literally just a blank space where Area Fifty One is. Um, but um, and but the this, general idea is that's where they keep all the aliens. Keep aliens. That is, that they do tests on aliens, on animals with aliens, the compatibility of aliens and, and their bodies and our bodies, and just stuff like that. They just run tests that they have actual aliens, UFOs, they have stuff down there that is all alien life that, form, extraterrestrial, that they run tests on and they kind of go to the idea that like it's technology that wouldn't be good for the public to have in, that, in those terms. You know what I mean? Like we shouldn't, we're not ready for the knowledge of that yet kind of thing. Right. When did it? When did this originate? When did people start talking late, about this? I want to say it could have. I mean, thirties or forties of the like nineteen thirties, forties. But I'll, but I'll it could have been. Right it could have been around for even longer before but, it was released to the public. That yeah, that was a that's thing, also right? True. It could have been around for hundreds of years. That, uh, right? But area. I don't know, because then, because then we could even talk about what else the government is hiding from us. The idea of. I'm, I personally right, according to this beginning in the late nineteen sixties, but like you said, it may have already been there and then they didn't for a while document it until then but late 1960s is when it was a technically like a thing it's like an old um, military base that was turned into that okay so to i don't know to me to believing that there are no other life forms outside of this planet hmm. is just irrational and, you know not discrediting anybody's opinion but in my opinion there's just no way that our universe can just be that big and infinitely expanding, which is another unfathomable concept. Right, I was but, about to bring that up. Right. Expanding into what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't even fathom the fact Seriously. That... They're just like, no, it's expanding. I'm like, into what? Nothingness? Yeah. More space? But then it's that space already exists. I don't, like, it doesn't make sense, right? Or at least I, right. I haven't... No, it doesn't it, make sense to me. Right, it doesn't end. You can't even fathom that concept like you can't i can't even imagine what that is because right what is on the other side of what it's expanding into right it starts to hurt my brain is it that darkness is it just darkness without the stars and all of that because like space is just a bunch of space right literally it's why it's called space because like the majority of it is nothing emptiness so like is that what the universe expands into is there's never-ending emptiness that the particles and molecules that create rocks, life, anything, just has to continue to expand into? And is it, a, is it a result of the Big Bang continuing to spread still? But then what? Does it just spread forever? Or does it... Isn't there a theory that, like, eventually it'll suck back in and another Big Bang will happen? Mm. That there's, like, a, a huge center of mass somewhere that the Big Bang originated in and then it shoots out and then eventually it comes back in. But it's like what Cody said. What is it expanding into? It's continuously expanding, but where is it going? Does it have a limit? Will it ever reach an end? It's just... It's just it's, my theory would be that it, it doesn't because ev- there's space is like everything. But it needs space to move into. That's what, that's what, that's what he's saying. Nothing doesn't. Well, uh, two things. You know One... I mean? Nothing doesn't need to move into anything. If space is just emptiness. Well, two things. There is I know this... I represent it with a fist, but... I'm not privy to this literature, but there is this literature and philosophy about the metaphysics of space. And to my understanding, there's one camp that says, right, so ontology is like the philosophy of what exists, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to create a list of things that exist. We're going to include atoms on there. We're going to include chairs, presumably. And one question is, should we include space itself? 
Is space itself a substance or is do the things that strictly speaking exist are just the things that are in space? Right? right. Or is like is space itself something? Right. And then the other thing that you made me think of when you were talking was just how the concept of nothingness is incoherent. Maybe we can't understand the idea that the universe is expanding into nothingness just because we can't understand nothingness. Because anything that we use to try to understand nothingness is it's, by definition the opposite of nothingness. It's something. Right. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. That, I mean, I, for, for me, I think space represents just the area that you fill. That we are, all the atoms, all the particles, everything that we, the mass, fills up the space. Yeah. Like space is the cup. The water we pour in it is the actual stuff we fill in it. So I want to look up what these positions are called about space. Keep going. Um, so yeah, I just think that the idea of space is not that it's a, it's an object itself. It's a thing itself. You can't really classify it as a thing, but it's what you fill things, what you fill things into, if that makes sense. So when you're but when you say that, do you mean space is, is space is going into that itself, or is space as a whole entity moving into? outside of something that's that. You know what I mean? Like you're saying space is what everything moves into. So is everything that, so is space not actually expanding? Is everything already space? And what's expanding is like the elements and the, and the into space, into space. Is that I what think, you think? I think that's so. What, that's what I was I trying to say. So. Right. Too. Right. Because okay, otherwise so yeah, yeah. what the hell is expanding? Right. Something we can't conceive at it, that point. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and it's so vast already that the, the rate that it's expanding at is absolutely insane. Right. That it's already as big as it is. The picture, and I talked about this before, the picture of the black hole yeah. that came out like a few weeks ago, right? The picture itself was taken, I don't know, a few weeks ago, like I said, but the the object in the picture or the thing in the picture, the black hole, is, is an event occurring 55 million years ago because it's that many light years away. That's insane. So that's, that's like time travel. That's like, well, technically, like time technically travel. yeah, but the yeah. picture of the black hole, the black hole, that event in time that we're seeing in the picture Happened. occurred 55 million years right. ago. And the light didn't reach us until, until now. Until that picture was able to take it, exactly. So then you begin to think, oh shit, we only just found a black hole now. It occurred 55 million years ago. Who knows what happened before then, after then, right. what's happening around it. It's just... How big does it have to be right. for you to take a picture of something that happened 55 million years ago because right. it's that far away? Exactly. Yeah, that's nuts. It's just, it's just so hard to actually comprehend that concept. And that's because we're such small entities in general. Like, it's we're humans. insignificant. It, yeah. So it's Some so Some people crazy can't even hear that, but we are insignificant as fuck. <laughs> Everything we do really doesn't matter. Getting that, right. listeners? <laughs> point, point, you mean nothing. <laughs> Yo, so I found the... Uh, so it's relationalism about space versus absolutism about space. And So I'm just reading this off Wikipedia. In discussions about space and time, the name relationalism refers to Leibniz's relationalist notion of space and time as against Newton's substantialist views. According to Newton's substantialism, space and time are entities in their own right, existing independently of things. Right. Leibniz's relationalism, on the other hand, describes space and time as systems of relations that exist between objects, right? So just kind of like I was saying, is space its own thing, or is it just, when we say space, we're just talking about the relations that exist between the objects that are in space, if that makes sense. So kind of like what I was saying, that we just fill, space is just yeah, what exactly. we fill into, right? Yeah, I just wanted to find the yeah, technical yeah, yeah. means to it. Oh, so Newton believed for further that, reading. Though. Newton believed the opposite of that. They were right? separate. Well, I kind of understand what he's saying because with the idea of time, time is not really a measurable concept. Time is just time, and we move along. And um, see, time has since it's on its own plane, it morphs into its own properties that time has. And I'm basing that some off of my own facts and and some parts of the Interstellar movie, um, but. I think that understanding that concept that time and space is its own entity, has its own properties, is hard to comprehend because we only, like I said before, we're so insignificant, we only understand the properties that we've been accounted to. And even though time and space is so intertwined in our society, in our daily lives, it's so hard to comprehend. But those are things that, those are concepts that we're born into, we're forced to understand it, and even questioning it is just too much for us to, for our brains to comprehend. Yeah, and the, the idea that time exists on its own plane on the z-axis, that sounds like what I understand to be fourth dimensionalism, right? The idea that, yeah, time does exist in this fourth dimension, and all times already exist. So it's a form of what's called eternalism in the philosophy of time, the idea that the past, future, and present all exist. So it's like, 
you're on page 20 whatever of the book of your life, but page 70 already exists. You're just not on that page yet, exactly. right? So then the idea is like the totality of who you are is constituted by all of your different temporal parts, right? So there's an analogy here between time and space, just as you're the sum total of your spa spatial parts, my hand, my legs, you're also the sum total of your temporal parts. And each temporal part is just another moment in time. And each of those temporal parts is itself changeless and eternal, right? So I think according to fourth dimensionalism, change or the idea that time flows is an illusion. Because again, it's kind of like this static thing that already exists. And that's contrasted with presentism, the idea that, no, it's just the present that exists. The past doesn't actually exist in some real sense out there, neither does the future. It's just a dot that's the present that's moving, right? And then there's growing block theory, which is the idea that the past and the present exist, but the future doesn't. So time's like this growing block, right? See, but does past exist in that case only because of memory? Would that be the only way in which past exists? Well, no. It, on this interpretation, it doesn't just exist in that sense. It exists in a real metaphysical sense. Oh, okay. Like the like past, the okay. somewhere out there yeah. in time, Abraham Lincoln is still alive. Right. Right. He doesn't just exist in memory. Like in a real sense, just as the present exists now. Well, in, in regards to time in our own society, we've kind of put measurement to it. The earth revolves around, I mean, the, the moon orbits around us, the, the earth orbits around the sun on its own time, but we put time to it. We put 365 right, exactly. days yeah. is how long it takes for the earth to go around the moon, 24 hours. I mean, for the earth to go around the sun, the moon to go around the earth is 24 hours. We put time to that. But mm -hmm. time doesn't have, time can go forwards, backwards, up, down. It's, it's its own property. It's its own plane. So we put properties to it, I think, to fathom it, to understand it. But really... In, in if you just took time and we just put we're put ourselves on the plane of time we could go forwards or backwards and now we're into the discussion of time travel and that's something else right. but that's the idea what is time travel can ta is time travel really going along a measurable scale or can i just reach out my hand and pick something out from whenever right. in, in any point because it's not a scale it's just it is what it is time is time there is no measurement to it. So if in, in the movie Interstellar, they talked about this where time kind of, uh, in, he went off to a different planet and being able to come back on the planet a different, a different time, but over there time was every hour on earth was actually like 10 years no, yeah, every hour on that they were near was, they were near the black hole or whatever so like gravity was different exactly right? so the guy in the ship aged like 20 years but they were only on the planet they were on for two, two hours, hours exactly because yeah. time was just on a different scale i guess but at the same so they time time traveled into the future technically technically yeah right because right. they, they were just they only aged but because right, time was going much slower from them given that they were near the black hole for whatever reason that whatever. is exactly right. but the idea of black holes is that it kind of warps time and space so uh, something way over here in the future and something way in the past kind of comes back together in touches so something something way far back just kind of comes like a closed loop yeah right and therefore time is no real Okay. scalable measurement so this idea that time travel to the future and the past is possible that has to presume i take it uh, eternalism right it has to presume that metaphysical view of time where the future and the past actually do exist mm. because if you're a presentist and you say that they don't actually exist you couldn't travel to them because they're not there right right but that's all all that is theory anyway nobody's actually been through a black hole so right, so I'm what saying you just said is still a theory that even that a black hole even does that. We don't know that a black hole even is like this loop, closed loop that does let the past and the future touch. You know what I mean? Like they don't, the, none of it is actually confirmable at least. Because it's so powerful, light is sucked in. Exactly. Yeah, sucks everything in. Everything right, including the space and or time too, depending on you know. It's just and, and it, isn't it usually facilitated by stars collapsing in on themselves? Yes. I really right. like something like that. It's crazy. Dying we Wikipedia'd it last time, so yeah. <laughs> we knew at one point. Um, but the idea that the, that is crazy in itself, how black holes suck itself in and suck space, suck planets, suck everything in around it. Yeah. What's on the other side? Yeah, right. again, then, where does it go? And where what happens it when, it, when it goes right? When it goes away? Is it is it a ripple in time? Because then it just disappears and it's just where? empty space again? Where did it go? Where does it go? Just vanish like a disappearing act where do, 
where did the time go? Where did the space go? What's on the other side? Why does it why does it suck in a certain amount and then I don't know. It's amazing that humans can conceptualize and theorize all these things about like phenomena and things but we have out there, but we actually don't understand so much. Like, oh, no, well, this gets into the brain, brain power, power yes, stuff. Brain I was just about to say. Do we, perfect. <laughs> the perfect transition, do we have a limit? Like, is there, a co- is there some limitation to our cognition or could we in principle understand the universe? So, because maybe our brains are limitless or because maybe the universe isn't as complex as we think it is, right? You know, there are ph- physicists who talk about arriving at the theory of everything or whatever. But, so yeah, there are different ways you could go with it. But, yeah, go ahead. I think I have a really good point to say about this. Is like itching in my head. But the idea that our brains have, and you were talking about being limitless, and I think it is for this reason alone. You know, brains, we have come to understand that we use about 10 to 15% of our actual brain power. We use we use 10% to 50% in our daily, um, daily lives. Mm-hmm. But think about the fact that we have a, me- a measurable amount of, of our brain power to be 10 to 15 percent the brain has named itself the brain has under uh, um, explored and explained its own properties so if in reality if the brain has been able to give itself a measurement of its own power it's limitless it's it's measuring its own power and being able to understand okay here i am at 10 percent. here i am at 15 percent. this is what our physical forms can use so therefore, at a hundred percent, it can determine what it what it's at at a hundred percent. Therefore, it can determine how far it wants to go. Wait, but hold on, though. I don't know if I buy into that because I can determine my own physical power by going to a weight weight room and seeing how much I can lift. But that doesn't mean that I'm physically limitless. So just because we can determine our own mental power, what our brain is capable of, doesn't mean that we're mentally limitless. So you think that our physical and mental states are. Of the same Synonymous. ability to have a limit in that sense, because I think I think physically I and mentally we're we're completely it's completely different things. Well, yeah, I mean that's a that's a good point too. It's not a precise analogy, right? But that was just I was just going into counterexample mode, right? To what you were saying. So the idea that we have a measurable amount of power that the brain has understood itself to be, and it understands what it's at at a hundred. Why can't we use a hundred? And and this goes back to the idea of, of stimulus and, mm-hmm. and being able to um, take in too much at once. But mm-hmm. if we're at if we have a limit to what we can understand right now about space, about concepts that are super hard to grasp of our abstract thought, and if we reach a certain amount of abstract thought at once, we start to like overflow and and kind of panic mentally. I think it goes the idea that how is it so infinitely powerful, right? That it can determine its own power so it can be as powerful as it chooses to be. Why can we only use 10, 15%? Do yeah. we have a limit? I so I don't think we have a limit because it can determine how powerful it wants to be. And I, I'm tempted to say we don't have a limit either, but maybe for a different reason. My reason would be that we can, you know, just looking towards AI and potential future cognitive enhancing technologies or pills or whatever it is. You know, we, we, we can invent different kinds of technology that rewire our brain so as to make us more cognitively limitless. Like that fucking movie. Isn't there a movie called Limitless with Bradley Cooper or whatever? Yeah, limitless, yeah, yeah. Something like that. It doesn't have to be a pill, though. It could just be like merging ourselves with computers or something like this. Yeah. Um, and you see this idea uh, speculated in discussions of AI as well, right? The whole I worry behind the super intelligence idea or the, the the singularity idea that there's going to be this intelligence explosion is that we will invent ai systems that are capable of what's called recursive self-improvement mm-hmm. so they're not just going to abide by the programs um, that we give them but they'll be able to actually change their underlying architecture and programs they can rep- improve themselves then they're smarter then they know how to improve themselves even more and suddenly it takes off at an exponential uh, rate. Well, I think our brains do the same thing, though. I think our brains right. can continuously learn and and find it and just infinitely get better and better and better. But we don't understand that. We only understand to a very smaller scale because we're only able to harness a certain amount of our brain's power. And and there there's also a movie on the percentage of brain power, which is Lucy, 
and spoilers. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Spoilers. I won't spoil no, no, no. For the podcast, it's okay. okay. For the podcast. All right. If you don't want for the pod, <laughs> do anything for the pod. You don't want to hear the spoilers. Skip like the next twenty <laughs> seconds. But um, basically, when she reaches a hundred percent, she's able to literally materialize her own physical form wherever she's like yeah, she becomes everything she becomes basically. everything she's on every network she's on every she can be in anywhere in the world she wants to be mm-hmm. she literally can harness her own body's atoms there's actually one really cool scene where she's sitting in the chair you know what i'm talking about and she literally fast forwards back or fast rewinds time she like does this and she goes all the way back to when dinosaurs exist because her brain is everything. So she, she can exist in any moment as well as anywhere at any time. Exactly. It's pretty insane. She's literally able to materialize and, and do whatever she wants to do when she's at 100%. So, of course... Sounds a, like the super intelligent, like a super intelligent transcendent entity. Exactly. She she was transcending across like space and time. Um, but that, obviously, it's a movie and it's out there, but it bring, it raises the question, what would we be able to accomplish at 100% brain capacity? Yeah. And okay, the, real quick, sorry, I just had this really cool fucking... What if, like, the entire existence of everything was a person that hit 100%? Because if they're everywhere... Oh, we're in their imagination, we're in their if brain. If they're everything... Oh, we're in... The universe is their brain? Is is the person who hit 100%. That'd be fucking... I have seen insane. some... That'd be insane. I've seen, like, I've seen pictures crazy. of the brain at a micro scale compared can, and contrasted with a picture of the universe, and they're, like, eerily similar. I don't well, know. Maybe and that kind of just... goes back to that, like, that theory that, like, we're all in a cell in some person's, like, right. finger or whatever. Because it does. If you microscopic, like, cells, it kind of, like will mimic space zoomed out in certain aspects as well. It's kind of insane. Right. And the thing is, that's just as plausible of an explanation as any other explanation to the origin of the universe as to why we're here. Like exactly. we were just talking about, we don't know what nothing is. Right. That's the thing. When you're talking about how did we come to be or exist, any potential explanation that you consider is going to be crazy. And one right. of them has to be true. Like, I mean, just thinking about quickly, like the beginning of the universe, how did we get here? It's like, okay, let's survey all the logical possibilities. Let's see. Existence just popped out of out of nothing, right. just just randomly popped out out of nothing. That sounds insane. How is that possible? Right. Right. Or there's always been something. There was never nothing for infinity. Which but is then, also hard to comprehend. Yeah, but it's then like, where was the beginning? Yeah, where was the beginning? Then okay, maybe there was nothing, and then existence came out of nothing. But it wasn't random. There was like some god that created itself or something like that. But then how do you make sense of self creation? Because it caused itself. To exist, self-causation right. seems like an incoherent concept. But is that because we're humans and we can't we can't comprehend that because we, we can't fathom? We're that, only right. we're made from others, so we right. don't understand how that would work. And we talked Maybe. about this. We talked about the idea that when we reach too much abstract thought, we begin to have like physical Our mental heads pain, right? Because because it's just too much for us to actually co- like conceptualize in our own brains. But it seems like in that case, even if we can't understand any of the possibilities, we can map out what the different possibilities are. Right, like what other possibilities are there? Maybe we're just there is a possibility that we just can't conceptualize. But the point is, you can't just write someone off as crazy in these conversations for whatever belief they have about the origin of the universe, because all of the possibilities on the menu are crazy. Yeah, right. And At least nobody, to us, right? Because nobody was around back then <laughs> to be, you know, have a <laughs> to write it down for. So, um, what were you saying before that? Before I went on that tangent. No, just the idea that that. that oh, that we might be living in the brain of some higher... brain of the guy who hit 100. Or the woman. Whoever right. Or maybe they had no gender. Right. Maybe that is the universe. It's just the, the maximized potential of the brain. And maybe every brain is trying to get that. I don't know. Because oh, if you do become everything, then you can be what makes everything. Right? Right. And, and, I, and actually... The Big Bang. What if that was some, or some, maybe, kind, of, some kind of consciousness... Hitting that 100% and expanding itself as far out as humanly possible to know and be everything. Or maybe the, we're living inside of the brain of some higher dimensional being, but they didn't create us. Maybe there are civilizations living inside of us at a very micro, 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 micro scale. And it's just Never civilizations all the way down. And actually, that brought up a good point because I remember talking to, you, talking to you, Jacob, about this before. But when we had spoken about the brain's power and the brain's percentage of power... We discussed how that it gives us that small percentage, right? To like play with, to, to, yeah, to use for our own benefit. So it brought up the idea, and I read about this in a theory as well, that the way a parasite needs a host in order to survive, it needs something to feed off of for its own self to uh, to live. 
right, to um, flourish. The idea was that the brain is the parasite and our physical forms are the host, right? That our brain feeds us 10 to 50% as a trade-off for giving it a physical form to go do what it intends to do. Mm. And that idea goes back to, and, then, and there was the idea, well, you know, birth, we're, get, we're at birth, we're given a brain. Right. But then it goes back to when it was first started, and that's, that's well, the Well, no, because what if, with that, though, too, like, what if once the brain evolved enough into a human, like, a, a consciously, like, you know, um, superior, intellectually superior to all the other animals, what if the way it creates itself is through reproduction, right? Maybe it never had to actually inject itself into a person, but once it had that that level of intelligence, it was able to be like, okay, how am I going to reproduce myself? True. In other bodies or whatever, you know, maybe all minds are, and that's that whole back to like everybody's connected right. on, a, on a mental level. What maybe if, all the right. brains are working together on like subconsciously that we don't understand because we only get the 10 to exactly. 15. What if there's 85% doing whatever the fuck it wants with all the other ones? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And what if, what if the fact that, what if before we weren't even born with, with brains and then it came into, and then now we have the idea that we are. Right. Right. And we're only given that, fed that information. So what if our brains are actually parasites and what? they trade us off 15% of their, of their usage prior to here, use this because you're giving me <laughs> your entire body. And what if, what if that abstract thinking gets blocked off? Because if you, if you figure out too much, you'll realize that the brain's a parasite and you'll try and get rid of it. Right. Maybe it's stopping us. That's why. I mean, all of it does. Sound, that sounds it's, crazy. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, I but is it crazy? Well, no, you don't know. If okay, it's crazy. first of all, like I'm not immune to crazy ideas, right? Again, I'm the computer simulation guy. But <laughs> we should talk about that too. Yeah, we could talk about that. But with this idea of the, of that the brain is a parasite, it seems to suggest that the human body and the brain have completely independent evolutionary histories, because that's usually how it works when you're talking about a parasite and a different animal, that's right? The, there are different animals coming from different evolutionary lineages, and then the parasite finds this to attach it to. So that seems to not be true when you're talking about the brain and the human body. It seems like they co-evolved. They didn't have different evolutionary histories. So they were always um, intertwined in some respect. It's not like there was just brains walking out around there and they're like, yo, look at that human body. Let's go into that. But I am open to the idea that you were just talking about, which we talked about, Jacob, the idea that we are, our brains are so much more connected than we take them to be. And now we're getting into like the Buddhist ideas of a universal consciousness, right? right? Where, um, again, you know, we tend to think that we each have our own distinct low keys of consciousness. I have my consciousness, you have your consciousness, and they are um, kind of fundamentally barred off from one another and separate. But it could be that there is just the universe is conscious and there's a universal consciousness. And again, this is very popular idea in like Buddhism and other strands of Eastern thinking. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're just different perspectives on the same consciousness. Right. And then that's where we get into the Aldous Huxley stuff. Um, where the doors of perception book, which you should definitely read, right. Yeah. Where the, where it's not the, it's not that the brain gave rise to consciousness. It's that the brain is this vessel that's constraining the universal consciousness. Right. Right. In a certain amount right. And that. he, and he hypothesized that doing psychedelics is a way to kind of open up that valve and let s- some more of that universal consciousness seep in. Right. Which would again, justify the idea that when you're on psychedelics, it actually is a higher state of consciousness, not just an altered state. Right. That's right. another metaphysical debate. But yeah, I'm open to that idea. And I know that sounds crazy to some people, right? But again, I think that's just because we've grown up in this kind of materialistic uh, worldview, where that's the popularized metaphysical view, where it's just atoms in the void. and Right. And, yeah. there's, and there's just so many opinions and perspectives about everything everywhere that you never really know what's true. Like, I'm, and I'm just applying that because like, even about the conspiracy theory stuff, everything. Everybody has so many different fucking opinions that nobody really knows what's what the truth is sometimes. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's facts and there's but like even on the stream of consciousness thing, some theories about where that the um universe came from seem so crazy. That's just because a smaller amount of people believe it. Not yeah. not for any other reason than that, because there really is no proof on what the actual beginning was. You know what I mean? The Big Bang is the most believable because the most people are okay with believing it. Yeah. And yeah, it's one of those things where if you grew up in a different culture where there is some other philosophy that was promulgated as the truth and the the cognitive experts in this domain said that this was the way things are, then you're just going to accept that, right? right? Even if you're in that Orwellian dystopian society where everything that they're saying they're lying about, because the fact is that as individuals, we're just epistemically limited, 
There's only so much time in the day. I don't have time to go run the experiments myself and figure out these things of myself. At some level, you have to trust people who are being billed and who are the experts in society in whatever domain you're trying to learn about. Right. So, yeah, you have to rely on testimony at some point, right. I guess. And, that, and, you want it, and you want to because it's easier. Like we talked about before, humans are very efficient and quick and everything is about how, how quickly can I get this information within... Like, I don't need to, to spend extra time doing things that are going to waste my life. I have, you know other goals so right you want to believe testimony eventually because you don't have the time and it's the, it would waste your time to sit there and run all the experiments on everything to believe everything to believe everything that you prove to yourself you know right you just read it in an article then you spend 10 years doing the experiment yourself you're like yeah no he was right right and it's like <laughs> oh well i freaking knew already like but then the danger there is that you want things to be efficient so much that you're not doing as much diligent research as you should right, right? you just see a, a, the title of an article on facebook and accept it as true Right. And like, I didn't have to read it. Look, it's right there in the headline, but it might right. be a completely untrustworthy source. Right? right. So it's like, yeah, you can't run all the experiments yourself, but you have to do enough diligent research to know that the information that you're getting is accurate and reliable. Just like how I kind of thought Kanye was a Republican after that whole thing. And like, you're right. He's not. It was just, he, and what he said came off wrong with the whole, the whole slavery yeah. comment, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Right. right. He is, he is Democrat, right? I, I don't actually know. don't even know. I don't know. I don't know what political party he sways. Okay. But, but after just... that comment, like, a good majority of people, I believe, believed he was Republican. I yeah. think up he until wore, you guys cleared it up for me before he wore, the, the podcast, he wore the MAGA hat. He was in Trump's office, so yeah. everybody was like, oh, he's Republican. He's on He's on that side. So that just I feel like that just speaks to the tribal nature of modern-day American politics, right? The fact that he's having a conversation with the president means that, oh, he's on their team. He's not. He, he betrayed. He's not on our team anymore. Right. He's on their team. Mm-hmm. He put on the MAGA hat. It's like, again, like we were talking about before the podcast. Maybe he was just doing it to say that African Americans don't need to vote Democrats, or he's just trying to unify the two sides. Look, we don't have to hate people that are that wear MAGA hats. Whatever, right? Right. right. But yeah, we immediately go to the whole tribal thing. I actually want to bring it back to the idea of, of the brain, the creation of the universe, and Yeah, bring that shit back. <laughs> we were just falling down so many rabbit holes. <laughs> get lost. The ideas of simulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, the interesting one you talked about, Jacob, was the idea, you called it the universe was created last Tuesday. That was pretty yeah, interesting. That, that, one's, pretty that one's crazy. At oh, first yeah. I heard I was like, what the fuck are you on about? Like, That's some bullshit. But no, it's, it's an interesting idea because it's true. Well, everything's possible, but go ahead. You, you right. Can say, you can the say. idea that the universe spawned last Tuesday and that you were just spawned in with all these preconceived notions of the past existing. Your, the memories were just put into you exactly. and they didn't actually occur to you. And, and in a way, some people like say that's true because of how like, um, what's the, what you can't test testimonies are like memory doesn't qualify as a testimony in law or in a court of law. Right? Like you can't have a witness off a of memory say something it's like human memory is not reliable enough it's, right it's very, it, it's very manipulative manipulatable and fallible so. and honestly just on that point quickly i think too much weight is given to eyewitness testimony in court cases precisely because, because of that because you if you if you word things correctly people will remember things that didn't actually happen to them mm-hmm. so that kind of supports that theory that maybe everything did spawn last tuesday and all the memories were just kind of thrown in there and if and if your memories can be like fucked around with that much by the use of words and persuasion did they actually happen to you or were they just kind of thrown into your head? Right. And we, we experienced right. that in a level of we know what it feels like because if you've ever been in a dream where, you, where you're put in a dream, you go to sleep and you're in a dream and you have a sudden amount of information that is, is pertainable to the dream you're having, you don't know why, but you right. know stuff in the dream. Like you could wake up in a field, right, in a wide open field and in the dream you know you have kids and a wife. Yeah. Like in but you the dream, but they're not there. They're not in reality that's not true. Right. But in, in the right. dream, you know you're married, you have kids, whatever, right? But you're just put with that information. You're set into the dream with that information already. And in the dream you act accountable already knowing that information. Right. So that theory, we know what it feels like to already be put in a setting all with a certain amount of information. Not know why we know this information, but it's just there. But you so, believe it when you're in the dream. Exactly. You really you're, believe you're that you person? are in that scenario. You are that person who has all those things or all those objects or you could have a car that you don't <laughs> own, but you know you own that car. And you may never see the things you know in the dream, but you just know them. And ultimately, this thesis that the universe was created last Tuesday, it can't be proved false, right? Because right. you say, well, how do you... 
how do you know? Well, you could say, well, I was around last Tuesday. Well, how do you know that? Because I have a memory. Oh, well, but what if someone just created you and put that memory in you right now? It all boils down to the fact that all we have immediate contact with or acquaintance with is the present in moment the of present consciousness, moment. Right? right? So this is a form of solipsism. It's, you could say, solipsism about the past, right? Maybe I just the whole history of the world that we think we know in our memories was just spawned right now and we came in with those memories, right? And then there are other kinds of solipsism that we talked about too, which also can't be proven false. Solipsism about other minds. All I experience of you guys right now is your behavior. I can never actually come into acquaintance with your stream of consciousness. I mean, maybe in a sense I can if the going back to the whole universe is one, we don't have separate consciousness. Like, right. okay, putting that aside. I can't really ever experience your consciousness, right? Like you have your own subjective point of view. I just experience your behavior. So for all I know, you guys are just figures in my own dream and I'm the only one that exists, right? right. That's a very narcissistic, uh, egocentric philosophy and not one that actually anyone seriously endorses, but it, it's you can't disprove it because I just experience your behavior and the words that you're saying to me. And I assume that your consciousness, because you, you talk like me and you have the same neurochemistry, whatever, you know? Right. But it would make sense that if you did create it in your own mind that you created us with the same similar neurochemistry and all that stuff too. Right. Why would you create a bunch of, of people different from you? Because then you would feel, I don't know, you wouldn't feel like you belonged. Right. Why and would you create a consciousness where you didn't feel like you belonged if you did create Exactly. In, in our dreams, it's the same thing though. In our dreams, we only create things that we've seen or understood. And even if you see like a, a half monster of something and something else, it's not something that is, is not something you've ever never been exposed like to. Like you can identify it at least. Exa right. you can, exactly. You can identify it. You may have seen a face that you've never seen in reality, but you, it's just because you don't remember it. Mm -hmm. You may have seen that person in real life, may have seen it somewhere else. And then it goes back to the idea of like our subconscious remembers everything, but we only have like a certain amount of memory we can tap into or recall, but that's something else. Well, yeah, but it's just, is that a thing though? Is it true that... Because I've always wondered that, and I'm, I'm sure there's literature on this in the memory literature or whatnot. Uh, but, biology, yeah. but all, yeah, so are all those memories, do they still exist somewhere in my brain, but they're just dormant, and I, there's so many memories that I haven't accessed for so Whoa. many years? Or is it that some of them I, I just aren't stored there anymore? They're just gone, and they're actually inaccessible. The, the argument I would have to that is that if you ever, like, um, experienced something that, like, reminds you of a childhood memory... That would yeah. be that would be my argument against that they are there are dormant memories back there stuff that you wouldn't actually be able to remember on your own but you need those um, stimuli. Thank you. Yeah, like a smell. Yeah, or, a, or even a feel. Here. Exactly. Like you wouldn't actually be able to remember this part of your childhood like, as if, if I was like, hey, what did you do when you were twelve with your right. mom on you know at the beach? You'd go, I'm sure I went to the beach with my mom when I was twelve, but I don't know what you're talking about. And then right. I gave you the smell of the food you right. ate in the restaurant on the beach. That day, and you'll go, oh, I think I went here at this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do think, I would argue that they are dormant in the back of your head, but your brain, your brain has them, but they're not of immediate need, maybe, for right. you. You don't you don't need those memories right now, but the second you hit the smell, and your body's like, oh, what is that smell? It uses memories to identify it. Like, so yeah, that memory right. is now of need to you. You know what I mean? But how many? All of them? Like every single right, second of my again, life? Right, because once again, and some people have that, maybe, yeah, because some don't. Some people have that, isn't there a disorder or maybe, is it called a disorder? I don't know, where they remember everything. They're burned with, rem there's, isn't there a disorder That's like insane. That? Well, that, sound, that doesn't sound like a disorder. Well, well, like I, a disorder. I, 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 don't, I don't want there's, to say there was a disorder, but like, are there people who have that? Or like, isn't that what a photographic memory is technically? Well, there's, there's versions of it. There's something called savant syndrome where these people are able to look at a map of, the, it's real, this guy, there's videos. I've seen videos of guys drawing guy, Literally yeah. guys, literally just took a picture of New York City, the skyline. And he was able to look at it once, just blink and remember everything about it, and able to recreate the entire the entire landscape of the New York City skyline just by looking. Oh, at I it saw for, this. For a I very saw this short online. Time he was able to recreate it perfectly, absolutely perfectly. Yeah. So it is what you said, and and some people have versions of it where they're able to do it photographically. Some people are able to do it visually through just memories. But I think it's a lot about what you said, where our brain kind of rules out things that aren't immediately necessary for us. When right. you like, there are, there are versions of it where people who experience trauma do not remember 
the moments leading up to trauma or the moments right. after they just remember the trauma, the trauma because that is the one thing keeping you alive because the idea of remembering that trauma your brain wants to remember it to not go through that again so right. it's going to make sure you experience it and even have nightmares about it to know that this was not this, good right. don't ever do this again <laughs> right. keep keep yourself out of this situation so which goes back to the fear playing a crucial role evolutionarily speaking exactly exactly so when we have this have these memories that are more crucial to us we'll recall it easier but i think we do have a bank of everything we've ever experienced it's just not immediately accessible to us and that's why in dreams we see stuff we've never seen before that doesn't mean you've never seen it it's just we are not immediately able to recall the information oh i remember that happening right and that's, and I think that's why people though also have a t- tough time believing that you know Universal created last Tuesday theory because right. you did exist in every moment. At least it feels like you did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Those mo- this entire podcast is technically in the past that's happened already. Yeah. So if you told me it just spawned in, I'd be like, "What the fuck? I've been sitting here for, for an hour and a half talking." Like, what, I didn't, but again, I've been now there. is the only moment that exists. That exists, right? So Always. it can be really tough to like. <laughs> conceptualize oh maybe it did just spawn in but it's like at one point i did actually experience it at least i in my brain i did i don't know i also want to talk about dreams um i think that's a really oh awesome i was thinking about topic. that too yeah dreams are pretty interesting like what do you guys do you guys think that's the freud thing i think the freud interpretation of dreams is the most interesting interpretation of dreams that anyone's ever come up with what what is the Freud he, interpretation? freudian a psychoanalytic um approach to dreams is that dreams are like these subconscious desires and taboo wants that you have like manifesting themselves right is that it yeah basically you know, that okay. dreams just have a meaning to them There's are they all right they dreams. all have underlying exactly. meanings they're never random they're right. never random they, there's always they're saying something, something deep about your psychology your to wants you. desires right, right. To and your it's your brain kind of showing it to it's, you almost. and it's all subconscious as to why that's happening which makes sense because dreams are subconscious like uh, like things that are happening that, that you're visualizing right. yeah. but it's it's basically the only the only basically passageway we have into our subconscious because that's mm. the only point in time that we're able to kind of access it but not really and mm-hmm. that's why it has meaning because it's, it's the so, subconsciousness coming into consciousness exactly exactly that's the only time we are technically unconscious and it always, mean, and it always means something it always means something. it always has some kind of message and that. sometimes it's really fucked mm-hmm. up because there was this there's this one thing where if you have a dream and i've had this dream before it's terrifying if you have a dream of a close one or a loved one uh passing away or dying tragically it actually symbolizes that it's 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 actually a good thing that you're really? in close touch with them and that they have a big impact in your life and, and yeah. everything. And it's terrifying because it's you're literally witnessing somebody dying in front of you right. and it's somebody you love. But that actually shows that they're important to you and, and whatever. And, and it's actually a good sign when you have a dream like that, which sounds crazy. But but Well, that's that whole part too. Like like nobody actually dies in a dream either. You always wake up right before you die too. So they say like if you die in a dream, you die in real life. Well, let's mm. talk about lucid that, dreaming. That's yeah, I was going to bring that up. Lucid dreaming is where it feels like reality. And I've been in lucid I've dreams had, before. Yeah, and, and it, I just want it to end, but it wait, doesn't. wait, hold on. But not only does it feel like reality, but when you're lucid dreaming, you're aware of the fact that you're in a dream. And that's right? yeah, that's exactly. crazy. So you've had that. I've had, I've, I've had, had the one where it feels like it's real. No, I've been, yeah, I've been in. Well, a lot dream. of dreams are like that. Well, no, like I've had ones where I've woken up and been like, was I awake? Or not. There's like, there's two kind. I guess there's two concepts of lucid dreaming: being able to control your own dreams right. or feel yeah. a dream. Uh, that wait, no, hold on. Controlling your control own dreams that. and fizz like being in a dream. I, I don't know. I guess. Well, there's another I'm confused. There's a distinction between because like so you can be aware of the fact that you're in a dream, but yes. still have no control over it. I feel like I've had that where okay. I kind oh, of have. Maybe that's what we, yeah, There's like just, there's just, like a, a little awareness that I'm in a dream, but I'm still kind of held hostage just to the events that are transpiring in the dream. But then there are other people that I've met who say that, oh yeah, I've become aware of the fact that I'm in a dream, and then with that awareness, I can now control my dream world. You know, I can create things, and you kind of just indulge yourself in whatever fantasy that you want. Yeah. And so people said they've had that. I've never had that. I haven't either. I haven't either. I think I've had what you had, where I've been in a lucid dream, slight awareness, but no control to get out of it or choose what I want to do in the dream. Right. Yeah, I think that's so, what I'm Well, I guess... Would just go back to the Freud thing though. Would you guys agree with that? What like obviously there's no nobody knows the answer because there's so many theories on it. Right. And Freud, a lot of Freud stuff gets disregarded because he um was he addicted? To, he was addicted to he was coke. a cokehead. Yeah. He was yeah, a cokehead. Coke he was a cokehead. Yeah. 
Which I don't always think that should be a reason to discard somebody's work. But well, yeah, I think there are of, reasons why. I think a lot of his work has also been empirically disproven. Okay. It's not just yeah. like, oh, dude, he did coke. Right. This shit doesn't make... <laughs> but, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think... There isn't actually a scientific reason why we dream. Yeah, nobody There is no proof of... There's no proof? There's no actual solid reason. Okay, this is why we actually dream. Right. It's like, all you think of it, If you think of it evolutionary, a lot of things can be explained evolutionary. Correct. Yeah. Evolutionarily, but right. dreams cannot. There's no real reason. Right, because if anything, sleepness, sleeping is like a weakness in well, terms of evolution because hmm. you're vulnerable the entire time you're sleeping. Right. But I can think of... Oh, well, first of all, is Freud's theory true? One counterexample that comes to mind is that some dreams just seem trivial. They don't seem like they're saying like something deep. That about is true. Me. Not all of them, right? And I would I've experienced dreams that definitely are not. But then I can special. right, and then I can also think of some potential evolutionarily evolutionary reasons for dreaming. Like, and this is just pure specula- speculation here. But what about just synthesizing? I've heard some people say this: and you, you dreaming is your mind kind of synthesizing and making sense of the different experiences that you've had recently, mm. and that could potentially be helpful from an evolutionary standpoint. You know, you kind of synthesize and make sense of things, and that'll <clears throat> help you survive moving forward. Right. Well, this so is, I don't know. This is like right because I haven't had I haven't had I don't have reoccurring dreams like. Don't a lot of time reoccurring dreams happen because of trauma. People have the same dream over and over again because like they're scared of something or whatever. Right? Yeah. But it's, yeah. but if you're not if it's not for that reason, do you ever re have a reoccurring dream? Not necessarily, right? Like I I know I can I have dreams I remember from when I was a kid that like huh. in a way I remember because maybe they were traumatizing or whatever. I haven't had those dreams ever since then. That's true. Most that, people. So maybe it is your brain synthesizing things that happened to you recently. Well, actually, uh, even more so, have you ever had a dream in synthesizing things that happened recently? What about synthesizing things that can happen in the future? Have you ever had a dream? Deja, right. Then have you ever had a dream? I was going to get there, too. Right. right. Have you ever had a dream that comes to life later <laughs> on? Right. Deja, like, or any kind of deja or, vu where you're ex- like, I've been here before. But exactly. You but right. you haven't. And I've had dreams where I've thought up a situation that ended up happening in the next week or the right. next month. And it's like, wait a minute. I... And then I'll remember it. I'll, I'll have deja vu, but wait a minute. I dreamt of this. Yeah, Did right. I predict the future? Is it telling me something? Is it warning me of something? Right, so that's and one potential explanation of deja vu. Exactly. That right. we dreamed it, and dreaming is a kind of premonition of the future. And I had a reoccurring dream as a kid that I never went through a trauma. I had a dream for months on end, over and over, or a nightmare, that of my house getting broken into and getting robbed. And every time the person breaking in would reach my door, the dream would end. It'd be terrifying, terrifying because the entire dream would be the entire the entire dream would be anxious, like yeah, like terrified, like you know, anger, scared, everything, afraid, and it'd be a very unenjoyable experience, but it'd be reoccurring. But I've never had that happen to me. Mm. But it's ever since then, it's a huge fear of mine. But is that warning me of something in the future? Is that warning me of that it will happen? Is that just saying like this is a bad thing? Watch out for it. What is it telling me? That right. is a good point that I've never thought of. Like I feel like, yeah, all the people who have told me they've had reoccurring dreams, all of those dreams are always usually nightmares. Right. They're usually like some nightmares. Some kind of brain is, is warning you or it's a fear you have. Otherwise, right, why, I don't think I've ever had a reoccurring trivial dream. Yeah. But with the interpretation of dreams as being premonitions of the future, that just comes with so much... Uh, philosophical assumptions and metaphysical baggage. Yeah. Because you're assuming... That the futures already exist, right? right? Going back to the time thing, and that your brain has the ability, yeah, has, right. And then that's the like your brain is limitless. Like your brain has the ability to see that future. Yeah, here we go. We're you, tying all kinds right, of but you stuff consci- together right now. I love it. <laughs> but you consciously can't actually do it. It's just subconsciously you can do it. Yeah, and then yeah, and then like I saw a thing once too that um that kind of discerns deja vu is that deja vu is actually just like a skip in brain function. We're, we're like it's just a it's a quick pause between um what goes in like the visual that goes into your eyes and then like a and then like some kind of hiccup so your brain reads the situation like twice but both times is new so it's like you go oh I've seen this before because you literally did three seconds ago but it was like a hiccup or something I don't want to like say that that's oh, so you're it's saying, some kind of, like, so you're it's, it's, it's immediate it's almost like an immediate mess up by your brain that's like oh. if somebody's like explanation with deja vu is I, bl- I read that a long time hmm. ago though so I don't know if that's a thing anymore so then why do we have the sense that the deja vu were happening happening so long ago that oh we were in this right I've been before. well no it's more I've been here before yeah you have 
literally right now. Are you sure? That's I, that's the theory. That's, know, that's what. And I'm, like, I wonder, it's been a while, so you, maybe you could look it up, and maybe yeah. it's different than what because I'm saying. I don't, but that's what I got from it. Have you had? And like, if you did have a brain hiccup, that would make sense. If the visual went in twice, it'd be like, oh, I saw this for the first time, and then you see it for the first time again, but you're kind of like, wait, but why would it be so long ago that you have the deja vu? Have you ever had deja vu where you were like, I was here as a kid or yeah, something? Yeah. That's such a that's long true. time ago. Why well, would it, could it be, be a hiccup twice instantly, and then have the feeling so long ago? It could be that. It's you haven't experienced the same thing right now, and you had a brain hiccup, but you've experienced something similar a long time ago, mm. and it's right, just a maybe. similar experience, and you're mistaking that as being it's the same experience. The same thing, and that's right. the whole back to like your brain is constantly taking shortcuts to to put things together, stereotypes and all that crap. So maybe the similar, it's easier right. to make it the same event than it is to discern the two as right. separate because it's just your brain making shortcuts again. Right. I know? wonder whether there is scientific research on deja vu. I'm sure there's some, but it, it like is I guess. Is there a scientific consensus as to what deja vu is and what function it plays and right. know, all that? It's just another phenomenon. Right. And there's there's a lot that our brain does in order to fill in spaces. Um, both of our both of our brain both of our eyes our two eyes have optic nerves at the end of our brain at the end of, at the, end of the eye socket mm-hmm. eyeball Jesus um, <laughs> the ball and and at the end of it because all of the um, rods and cones and all the things that we're able to see with. Uh, back at the retina, um, that's at the front of the brain. Jesus Christ, okay. At the very back of the brain, there's an optic nerve. Back mm-hmm. of the eye. Back of the eye, front e- of the brain. Each eye has an optic nerve at the, at the back of it, mm-hmm. where it is an, is, it's a blind spot. It's what's considered our blind spot, where all the um, sensors that we're able to see with, are, like end, for this one spot for the optic nerve, to, to, con- to connect the information from the brain to the eye. And that is where our blind spot is. It's where it does not pick up any light or any any visual information. Mm-hmm. So what our brain does is it fills it in mm-hmm. as we see it around it. So both of us are seeing, all of us here are seeing like blind spots right now, actually. But our brains are filling in those spots with the color, with the structures around it mm-hmm. in order to fill it in so it all looks like one cohesive image. Mm-hmm. And And our brains do that. In the same with our our mental capacity to remember stuff, it uses shortcuts, uses images to connect us to an experience, uses smell to connect us to experience, nostalgia, right? right? When we experience the same smell or the same uh, picture, we look at a picture and it remembers of the experience of a vacation or something. It's all shortcuts to do the same thing. I'm just like an idea that just popped in my head that'd be kind of wild. Imagine if that right there, that blind spot thing was an evolutionary, like was an evolution adaption. What if there was a time when humans did have a blind spot like that? That'd be crazy. You know what I mean? You're right. Like, and that right. was like, your brain was like, shit, if I don't fill in this blind spot, I'm going to keep dying because I can't see where I'm going. You true. know what I mean? True, true. Hmm. I don't know if that just popped, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Like, no, no, that's thought. But you know what I mean? Like, valid thought, yeah. Right. Like, we've, we are by far the most intelligent life forms on the planet, except for like some dolphins and stuff like that. But we've been able to create the most in terms of intelligent life forms because of our opposable thumbs and all that true. stuff. But it's kind of crazy. That we kind of prevail over all, because yeah, dolphins and el- and whales, elephants, elephants are elephants, super yeah. smart, but they haven't actually like put themselves above other species in the wild. Like elephants still have p- predators, and so do dolphins. And most, I mean, for the most part, it's us. But that's what I mean. We have made ourselves the ultimate predators, which is just kind of insane to think about. Yeah, why were we chosen as the species to do that? What did we do evolutionarily, or even if maybe not evolutionary, maybe we were just puffed into existence? Well, I think we that. just I think we just got lucky in terms of <laughs> our brain is the one that evolved more so than other animals, but that just happens to be that's the one thing that you want to be evolved the most because that allows you that makes you more intelligent, right? right? There are some animals that evolved a lot more strength than we have, right? Some yeah, are able to fly. Some are able to climb trees, and we're able to do calculus, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's just more beneficial and has more adaptive value than other organs, right? Right. Yeah. Should we end it there? I think that's a, so that's a We're spot. in complete darkness now. I was going to say. literally sitting in a dark room. I can't even see. I was having some trouble seeing across the fucking thing. Yeah. We started. It was daytime. Oh. All right. We out.